Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Let's read the first three verses. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Three things stood out to me about that whole scene. That's a beautiful scene, isn't it? Our Lord comes into a house, and it just told us who the family members are of this house, and it told us what each one of them did. And three things stood out to me about this scene. Number one, the grace that was there. The grace that was there. Oh, there's so much grace there. Turn with me over to Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, look at verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. The Lord in grace taught Martha that. One thing. One thing. He in grace and in mercy taught Martha that. Now she's still a busybody. She's still a busybody. She is still a very hard worker. She is actively serving just like we all should be. Every one of us. Our Lord said, a man who is called into the ministry, and that's every single one of us. This is not my ministry. It's not your ministry or your ministry. This is our ministry. He's called every one of us into His ministry. And our Lord said that whoever He calls into His ministry must be given to hospitality. Absolutely given 
to hospitality. And back in our text, in John 12, verse 2 says, There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Lazarus is sitting at the table with our Lord. Martha's running around serving, and Lazarus is just sitting right there at the table with him. Lazarus was not crippled. He wasn't crippled. When our Lord said, Lazarus, come forth, Lazarus came forth. And our Lord said, you loose him and let him go. He wasn't crippled. But the end of verse 2 says, Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. And verse 3 says, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Mary was once again right at his precious feet, sitting right there. Martha's running around, getting dinner ready. And Mary is once more sitting at his precious feet, and Martha doesn't seem to mind one bit. She doesn't seem to mind one bit. She wouldn't take Lazarus away from that table for anything. She wouldn't take Mary away from his feet for anything. She's happy. She's content doing what God has given her the ability to do. Serve others. Alright, then there's Mary. She has taken probably the most expensive thing in that house. She went to the back, the place where they were kind of hiding it, keeping it for safekeeping. Probably the thing that they had all of their money tied up in. And she has taken it and poured it all over the Lord Jesus Christ. And neither Martha nor Lazarus said, What are you doing? You just poured it all? You mean you didn't save one drop? You poured every drop? They didn't say that. They said, Amen. Amen. Great grace was in that house. That's the first thing we see here. The second thing we see in this passage is the blessing that was on that house. Grace was in it, and God's blessing was on it. All three members of that house loved the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and spirit. The whole house. Isn't that a blessing? Verse 2 says, There they made him a supper. Think of the blessing. May the Lord allow us to stop ourselves and our flesh and everything in just for one moment in time. Think of the blessing of having dinner with God. 
I say that with respect, with fear, with reverence. You think of the blessing. You think that really happened. You think of the blessing of sitting down and having dinner with God. We're going to get to do that. God was in that house. He was the most humble, the most kind, the most gracious, the most thoughtful guest a sinner could ever entertain. I know he was. I'm positive that he complimented Martha on everything that she made and served. I'm positive that in everything he gave thanks. I know he did. In everything. Thank you so much, Martha. Thank you. You're too kind. You're just too kind. Thank you for everything you're doing. The salad is delicious. It's delicious. I made a cake for dessert too, Lord. Too much, Martha. It's just too much. You're just too kind. You know how when you have people over, dinner is great. But usually the conversation that takes place after dinner, you know when the plates have been cleared and maybe dessert is set out, everybody's having a little bit of coffee. That sweet conversation, you think about believers you've had over, think about the smiles. Think about all the laughing that takes place. How blessed was the communion and the fellowship of that house. How blessed. Turn with me to 1 Chronicles 13. First Chronicles 13. This is when David was bringing the ark back to Israel. But they weren't bringing it back with fear and reverence. And Uzzah, he didn't obey God. He put his hand up on that ark to steady that ark. And God killed him. Verse 12 says, And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark home to himself to the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months, and the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. Isn't that precious? The ark of God was brought into that house and God blessed it. God blessed it. The ark is Christ. That ark is Christ. The ark of God had come to Martha, Mary, and Lazarus' house and oh, what a blessed house it was. A blessed house. 
Did you know that can happen to our house? It sure can. That can happen to our house. Our Lord said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Let's bring the gospel into our homes. Let's bring the gospel into our homes. Let's bring believers into our homes who want to sit around the table and talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. I have such fond memories as a child of listening to my parents talk with other precious believers about Christ. Living room, table, wherever it was. Let's give our children the blessing of hearing adults talk about who Christ is, what He did, and where He is now. Turn with me over to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, verse 21 says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin. And strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. What he's saying is you get in Christ and you stay there until the morning comes. It's all nighttime right now. Morning's coming. One of these days the trump shall resound and morning will be here. Get in Christ and don't go out of that door until the morning comes. Verse 23 says, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass, when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as He hath promised, that you shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass, when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? That you shall say, It is the Lord's sacrifice. It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when He smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshipped. When your children ask, why do you do this? We've got to go to church again. Why? What's, what are y'all talking about? About a year ago, uh, on a Sunday night, I asked the question, did Christ die for everybody? In, in, one of the, in the Sunday night message, I asked, did Christ die for everybody? And one of our little girls who sits about right over there went. 
She's heard something. She's heard, she knows something. She knows more than the Pope knows. It may not have borne fruit yet, and I don't know if the Lord will ever make it bear fruit, but a seed has been planted. You know that? But our Lord said, when your children ask, what are you talking about? What's all this about? You tell them, because of our bondage to sin, death came through the land. But Christ was made a substitute for us. Christ died for our sins. He died instead of us. He was a sacrifice for us. That's why we're always talking about Him. Always talking about Him. He died so we could go free. Children, oh, I hope God saves our children. I have two. Kingsport Sovereign Grace has about ten. There are children in this congregation. There are children. Children, we thank Him. We're thanking Him. That's what we're doing here this morning. Why are we here this morning? Thank you. Thank you. We worship Him. We give all the glory and the honor to the Savior of sinners. Lord, bless our house. Bless our house. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 14 says, And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, She besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. The Lord used that woman to start a whole church. Come into my house. Come into my house. She said, I want this gospel and I want believers of this gospel to literally come into my house. Look at verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. 
Why does our Lord in mercy keep saying that to us? What hope He gives us and the house. That gives me encouragement to keep preaching the gospel. And the house. Verse 32, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. He brought him into his house and God saved his whole house. Over in Acts chapter 11, the Lord sent a vision to Peter and this is what Acts 11 verse 11 says. Behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me, and the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting, Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words. He's going to preach the gospel to you. He's going to say the words. He's going to tell you words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. Are you saying that if I will invite a preacher over for dinner, God will save my house? No. 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 What I'm saying and what this word right here is saying is there's no possible way that a sinner can be saved unless that sinner hears the preaching of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There's no way. So let's bring our house to the gospel and let's bring the gospel to our house. It's their only hope. God came to the house of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And grace flowed through that house and God's blessing was on their souls. And go with me back over to John chapter 12. The title of this message is A House Where God Dwells. A house where God dwells. Here's the third thing we can see in this passage of Scripture. It's the individual house that we all have. This individual house. Not these four walls and roof. This house right here. What takes place inside each individual house where God dwells? Peter said, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. You are a spiritual house. Paul wrote, ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God and they shall be my people. Right here we see three characteristics of a house where God dwells. Verse 1 says, then Jesus six days before the Passover came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then Mary, then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Martha served. 
Lazarus sat and Mary poured. You know what we see right here? Faith, hope, and love. Faith in Christ, hope in Christ, and love to Christ. Faith, true faith, sits down. That's what it does. It sits down. Somebody starts coming to the church and the first thing they want to do is go to work. Go to work. And those who have been here a while say, well, you just sit down. I have a lot of questions. Well, sit down. They'll all be answered. Just faith sits down. Men and women, they try to spiritually go to work, living right and doing right, working on a building, working on a house for their Lord, compassing land and sea, and they have no idea that every bit of that is making them a twofold child of hell. Over in Matthew 7, our Lord said, Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. They're going to say, but we preached and we cast out uh, evil spirits and we did all these wonderful things. He said, I never knew you. He said in the same chapter, straight is the gate, narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. Very few. But if they find it, if He reveals it to them, if God causes them to enter into that one gate, then they'll sit down. And they'll rest. They'll just rest. They will realize the work is over. It's all over. It's all been accomplished. It's finished. Lazarus sat down at the table with his Lord. That's faith. It says Mary poured all that she had on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope means expected anticipation. Expected anticipation. Hope does not mean there is a 50-50 chance and I hope it works out. It means there is no doubt in my mind. Pour it all. Pour it all. By God's grace, all of my eggs are in one basket. God put, them, God put every one of them there. They're all in one basket. Pour it all. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. Don't tell me how good I am and that's going to get me to heaven. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Mary poured it all. Faith, hope, and it says Martha served. Love. Love. We don't work for salvation. But that doesn't mean we don't work. There's a real motivation of love inside every believer for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that love has a desire to do after it rests. As soon as it rests, it's time to do. We don't do to find favor. We do because we have found favor. 
And that loving heart of service that's inside every believer is a heart for God and it's a heart for God's people. It is a heart for God's people. You are the most tangible thing I have to my God. That's why I hug everybody. A believer just cannot do enough. And the reason is because God has blessed his house. God dwells there. And that's another reason why I hug you. God dwells there. God has blessed his house. And he just wants to spend the rest of eternity. I know what every one of us wants. We don't want money. We need money. And sometimes this flesh does want some things, but we don't want that. One thing have we desired. Right? We want to dwell in the house of the Lord. The house where God dwells. The blessed house. And we just want to say, thank you, Lord, for saving our souls. Thank you for making us whole. Thank you for giving to us this great salvation. So rich. So free. So free. Thank you. All right, Brother Mike, thank you.